Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. My friend Adrian asked some questions around the topic pretending to not be secretly appalled. And the conversation was so interesting where she had met a woman at the park, and this woman decorates skeletons for Halloween or for the Day of the Dead, excuse me, there in Mexico. And Adrian said the woman herself does not come across as a dark person, which Adrian would be able to know. That's one of her gifts. And, and yet here's this woman creating amazing art, but on a very dark topic. And so what do you respond? How do you, how do you respond when you're in the world and something like this comes up? And so I have, I have some thoughts on this, of course. (laughs) And So, you know, I love what Paul says about, let's say, sexual immorality. So in the church, he says, don't even eat with those people. But what he says is, I mean, he also says, if they are, if there's an unrepentant person, then say you don't get to fellowship with us and then treat them like an unbeliever. And I think for a lot of my life, I thought what that meant was be kind of unkind to them or shun them. But the reality is, <laughs> I think we're actually supposed to love the unbelievers around us and show them the love of Jesus. I think the point that Paul was making was that if you allow sexual immorality into the church, that that confuses the world to say, oh, does anything go? That there's a level that we want to be um, clear about who we are. And so, but what he says is, I'm not talking about the world. Like, if you wanted to go to a place where there wasn't any sexual immorality, you'd have to leave the world. Like, (laughs) this place does not actually exist. And so there's some level where if I'm talking with somebody who's not a believer, I'm just going to listen to their story because in many ways, they don't know any better. (laughs) That's just their lives. And and then I, I think it's so precious how a church can come alongside um, a, a person or a couple that maybe doesn't know a whole lot about the scriptures. And I think specifically about some friends of mine who um, told me the story of when they had first become believers and they were living together. They weren't married and they had gone to church. They became believers. And at some point the church um, pastor and maybe somebody else said, Hey, let's, let's, I don't know, come, let's meet. And so they met and the pastoral staff was like, so do you know what the scripture says about living together? And I honestly don't remember now if my friends knew. <laughs> and But whether they said yes or whether they said no, um, the pastoral staff was like, you know, let me just show you from the scriptures what the scriptures say. And so they just gently taught them. And there's this part where it's like, if you've decided to follow Jesus, then there's just certain expectations around behavior. And it's not that you're bad that you didn't know them, or it's not that, you, that you're bad that you weren't following them before, but you live, under, you live in a new kingdom now. You need to follow new rules. And so what was so precious is they said, so then what, is, what would be stopping you from following what the Lord says in this way? And it turned out that the woman was going to school and the, the guy had come up and lived with her in part so that they would only pay one mortgage so that they wouldn't ha- she wouldn't have as much school debt. And then they were planning to get married once she was done with school and um, they could work out all the details. And so the pastor was like, you know what? We've actually asked a couple in our church if they would be willing to allow the man to live rent-free 
with them as a way of just blessing you and encouraging you in your walk with the Lord. And I, (laughs) it's almost making me cry right now, just how beautiful that interaction was, how godly to be able to say, first of all, I'm not shaming you because we all come to the Lord from different places. And so there's just a basic level of making sure that you understand that according to the scripture, what you're doing is wrong. And and so that's not actually a, a valid way to live any longer. And so now that we've established that, then we also though have a solution. Like we recognize that you have a need, a financial need, and that there is practical ramifications of walking in righteousness. And so we've figured out how to help you with that. And so my friends moved into separate locations. I mean, the, the woman stayed where she was. The young man moved to the couple's house and then they got married when it was time and they're still married today. And it's a beautiful story of a church that actually called people to righteousness in a beautiful honoring way. And so I also think, you know, the Celtic way of evangelism, I might talk about that at some point, but the what they would seek to do, you know, today, I think our tendency is to say, we have a Christian culture. If you'd like to join us, that's fine. Here's the list of rules. But in the Celtic form, they would say, we have a community. Do you want to join us? And people would come and they would like it. And then at some point they would want to follow Jesus too. So the, but the barrier to entry was not, you need to become one of us. It was more like taste and see. And then at some point we think that you're going to want to become part of our community because it's so beautiful and good. And so if somebody were to show me the skeletons like that, I think there's an aspect where it, it's a point then of intercession to be able to say, okay, this is not what I hope for you in the end, but I also think that the Lord showed it to me as a way of knowing better how to pray for you. And I also think there's something so precious about when people actually just go and meet people in the world where they are. You know, one of my favorite stories of inner city ministry was a team that would go and bring roses to the prostitutes. And so here are these women, it's late at night, they're wearing their not very, uh, they're wearing their revealing clothes, calling out their revealing calls or whatever, whatever they do. And these teams would come with a single rose and they would hand it to the woman and say, Something like, God loves you, God sees you, and if you, and and I, like, can I give you a hug or something? But it was like, they're not demanding anything, but they're also not looking away, if that makes sense. Like, here's this woman at the point of her shame, and maybe she doesn't even feel shame, but at at a place of weakness and um, not good behavior, not godly behavior, and yet they're going in and saying, you are still a treasure before God, and I see you. And so, Lord, I don't know how that applies, honestly, to my everyday life. But I recognize that people sometimes share things with us that are hard to hear and that make us <laughs> um, make us sad. And so, Jesus, these things make you sad, too. And yet you still love them, that we have things in our lives that probably make you sad. And yet you still love us. And so, Lord, I am asking that you would give us ears to hear, that you would give us a heart to love, and that we would have the ability to bless those around us, whether they have already found you or not, 
And if they're early on in their journey and need guidance and correction and direction that you would go before and, and provide that. Thank you, Lord. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen.